Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley, a podcast about making things up and making things happen. I love talking to creative people about how they do their thing, and this week my guest is one of my oldest friends in Los Angeles. His name is Ben Wexler. He is a writer and producer of television shows, and he is one of the creators of the new show, The Comedians, starring Billy Crystal and Josh Gad. I can't wait to talk to him about it. I know that it's one of the things he's most proud of in his career. Um, Before we get to Ben, though, a little housekeeping. I want to thank Kyle Cunningham for going to DennisAnyone.net and leaving a little donation in the tip jar. It helps me keep the podcast free and pay for little expenses like um, storage space and hard drives and just stuff you need. So thank you, thank you, thank you. It means a lot to me. Um, If you want to go do that, it's at DennisAnyone.net. You can also do a lot of other fun things there. Um... There's a blog section where I posted the screening party chapter of Pretty Woman in honor of its 25th anniversary, and I also included the webisodes of the screening party pilot, which is also about Pretty Woman. So there's that. There's my uh, newsletter. You can subscribe to that. There'll be fun pictures that go with the different podcasts. Um, There's a lot of fun things you can do at DennisAnyone.net. And um, if you want to email me, you can do that at uh, Dennis Anyone Podcast at Gmail, or go to the Dennis Anyone Facebook page, like us there, tell your friends. If you listen to an interview and you really like it, um, link to it or post it or tweet it or whatever. All of that stuff really, really helps to grow the podcast, and I really appreciate it. All right, now on to Ben Wexler. We first met in, like, I want to say 93, and he had just graduated from UCLA, and we were in a sketch comedy group together called Off Off Fairfax. We would perform at this little place called Largo, which is still there, and it's gotten really hip since then um, on Fairfax. And we did silly sketches together, and we've stayed friends ever since. And we have some fun memories that we share with you that involve nipple tweaking. Maybe they do. I'm not going to, you know, spoil it. I'm going to let you experience it in the moment. But I'm just so proud of Ben And I cannot wait to see the comedians. I've seen the first episode, and I can't wait to watch the whole thing. So you're going to love it. You're going to love him. And enjoy. Ben Wexler. Thanks. Hey there. I am here. That was really loud. I jumped right in. Try it again. Okay, I'm going to try that again. Hey there. I am here in the beautiful home, the Hollywood Hills home of Ben Wexler. He's a writer. He's an old friend of mine. And he's he's the executive producer and showrunner of a new show on FX. Called the comedians. You're making me sound much fancier than you're I so to fancy, Waxler. You you're so fancy. Uh, I can't I've, believe I've known you for a long time. We're d- let's the, not let's not date 90s. ourselves. The, the early nineties. You look early great, 90s. by the you way. Look great. We're, hang, we're hanging in there. We're keeping it together. Denny and I did sketch comedy on, we did. Uh, on Fairfax. We were called Off Off Fairfax. Oh, I, I was like, I was is that gonna, recording, but it's your phone. I, okay. I do sometimes record on my phone as oh, okay. a backup, just okay. in case. Okay. And so that's what that's happening. I'm fascinated by the technical it's wizardry. It's so low-tech. It's not even funny. <laughs> it's so low-tech. Now, we were in Off Off Fairfax together, which started in like 93. Yeah. Right? Yeah, 92 or comedy. 93. Maybe 92. The sketch comedy yeah. group. We performed at Largo. Largo on Fairfax. Yes. The old Largo with Flanagan. And yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It we was... would change clothes over by the cigarette machine. <laughs> I know. Was there even a backstage? There was no backstage. It was like... There was no dressing The backstage room. was basically the front door. Like yeah. The, the like vestibule of the front yeah. door. It was amazing. What was it your was favorite exciting... sketch? What sketch do you remember the most? Well, I just remember you, the, like, you and I were the main writers in the group. Really, I mean, like we probably together, you and I probably accounted for like ninety percent of the writing. Maybe, probably. yeah. And um, 
And you could always tell a Wexler sketch from a Dennis sketch because Dennis sketches always had like great costumes and were like chock full of like pop culture references. And like Janice goes to jail was one that was Janice. We used to do. (laughs) Oh, I forgot about that. Remember Janice goes to jail. Yes. Okay. So I used to play a character that was Janice from the Price is Right, the Price is Right model. So and she j- was like basically the Vanna White of yeah, of Francis, right, right. And so like, the yeah. joke is she couldn't stop being Janicey. So she would she didn't know and how to use in, it. Was the real Janice in jail? Was that what? I, no? I think okay. we just decided it'd be was, fun to do a women's you just prison wanted to do a movie. women's prison. That's right. So it was that's all all the jokes were like Price is Right stuff. And the thing is, like she went to she went to get a job at a temp agency, and instead of like typing on the typewriter, she showed it off and gestured <laughs> to it. And everything Actually, I didn't was even like remember Price that. is Right I didn't stuff. Even, yeah, I yeah, literally didn't even remember that. And I remember there was. A great little run where they go. Well, how much are you hoping to make an hour? Like uh, seven fifty higher, uh, nine forty lower, uh, seven seventy five higher, seven seventy six, seventy seven, seven seventy eight. Like that's how much she wanted to make yes. um, every week. That was the classic. That was maybe my best work, and it's been all downhill. That's real. That's untrue. But but I remember you you wrote a sketch called Sketch Tragedy. The, uh, I that think was that like, was my favorite. Sketch. You killed it. That was my favorite sketch. That was. I think that was. That was probably my best moment on stage in that group because that was like – I just remember – well, the premise of the sketch was basically – it was it was called Sketch Tragedy Minute. By the way, in The Comedians, I used the term Sketch Tragedy as a little homage. I think really? I told you this. Yeah, yeah. That's like amazing. Billy Crystal says Sketch Tragedy at one point and it's a little mini little homage to oh. – um, I'm going to plot when that happens. Yeah, it ha- it I don't happens. even know what I, it means to I plot. I can't even remember what episode it is in, but yeah. Okay. I'm no, plots is, I, I think. What does plots mean? I, I, you know, I've heard, it as, right? I've heard it as puke and I've heard it as die. Oh, wow. Which are basically the same thing in the Yiddish, wow. in the Yiddish lexicon. Um, I, but, was, I thought it would be something tamer, like just kind of faint no, or get sweaty. That, well, let's let's let it mean what it yeah. needs to mean for for all of us. I think okay. there's a different plots in all of our hearts. Um, sure, uh, all right. But so so the premise, as I recall it, was it's like sketch. It's like it's like Greek tragedy. So you played you played the chorus in a toga. I think so. I don't. And, yeah. And, and and but but it was also sort of like a sitcom. So it was like yeah. if, if Greek tragedy, if they did sitcoms in, in in ancient Greece, it would be like this. And the the whole thing was leading towards this guy is dating this much younger woman, and the sex is so great and it's fantastic. And he's also talking about how he donated sperm back in right. college. And then the the payoff is uh, she's the fortune his cookies. daughter. Yeah, yes. the fortune cookie. You and will the, have sex with your yeah. father. And it's like it's, it's like basically like the Oedipus story told in like sitcom format. And I remember when the crowd. Like when the and it was a full we we used to like sell out Largo we did pretty good we did all right we did pretty good yeah um and when the crowd sort of like caught up to what was happening and like the payoff hit and it was one of those like waves of laughter you know what I mean like it was yeah. like it was like and I remember I was sitting on stage because I like I basically played like one the, not the guy who was sleeping with his, his yeah, daughter yeah, the but, friend, yeah. but like the friend Sal Candido played the, yes uh, of course and and I remember thinking like um I, I almost I almost like got dizzy the laugh was so big it was like it was really fun it was like a really those those are like the moments you live for on and it sort of stage really stayed yeah. with you like oh yeah I love that this is like twenty years ago I still remember it it was great I remember when you you left the group before it was really over but you came back to do one sketch do you remember this no. A sketch that was I wrote it Woody called, Allen? No. Oh, okay. It was called A Solid Gold Briss. Oh, sure. I definitely remember that. And yeah, you yeah. played the, the like, Moyle. And it was basically doing ja- like a Jackie Mason. Impression. Yeah, and, yeah. But the joke was... <laughs> was uh, I in Gold LeMay in that one? No, but the rest <laughs> of us were. The joke was that the Solid Gold dancers were counting down the top 
Brist songs of all time. Oh, that's right. That's and, right. Yeah. And it was like, the first cut is the deepest. Yeah. And what, what were the other songs? That's the one I remember the most. The first cut the is first the cut deepest. Is, it was basically... <laughs> you basically wrote, you basically wrote that entire sketch just to do a joke about how the, the first cut songs? is the deepest would be a good Brist song. But I remember dancing with these little shorts. I also remember falling on my ass. Like, the first time really? we did it. Yeah, I did this big kick and fell right on my ass. And there was like four people in the audience. And it was just... Real, like, really humiliating. <laughs> Not just like, I don't oops, remember humiliating. That. Yeah, I don't remember it was, that. I don't remember all. that very well. There were, I don't remember ever doing a show for four people in the audience. I, my recollection, maybe I'm like puffing up the crowd in my memory. Yeah. But like in Largo, at the Largo shows. This was when we were doing it in a theater space. Right. We took it up a notch. Right, right. Yes, <laughs> we, took, yeah. we took it up slash down yeah. a notch. Yeah, yeah we, paid, we paid at one point to I like think rent so. a space. Maybe we did. It was, that was such a, that was such a crazy time, but it was, at first of all, it was like literally the summer I got out of college, yeah. which was so lucky. Like my, I feel like my life has been a series of lucky breaks in, in that somebody, I can't even remember who said, do you want to join this? I think it was Deb. Probably um, Deb. I think it was Deb Castellano. And I don't remember how she met me or how she came to me. I think there was yeah. like a mutual friend involved and yeah. she came to me and she was like, do you want to join the sketch comedy group? You know, uh, you'd write and you'd perform again. Like, I really don't know what. And and I was like, yeah. Uh, yeah. And and that's what I spent the first summer out of college doing. And I remember thinking at the time two things. One was um, uh, if I were like, I would hate to be an actor because if I were if I if I were an actor, all I would be looking for would be a situation like this where you get to actually get up on stage and perform. But also, there would be a I would always be a writer because. It would be crazy to have to sit back and wait for somebody else to write something. Like, right. You the didn't whole like idea the idea of, of the not feeling empowered. It feels so passive. Yeah. You know, you're waiting for an audition or you're waiting for somebody to write something that you can be in. And yeah. I remember thinking, like, this is this is like the goal or should be the goal if you were going to be an actor would be to like have a sketch comedy group that you'd charge $5 at the door and you make no money, but you're at least in front of people doing your thing. Doing it. Yeah. And it was, it was fun. And we were, it was like, a lot of fun. We were pretty funny. I think so. We were pretty funny. I think, I think. we had some moments. Yeah. Um, I mean, you and I, let's, let's be, nobody's, nobody from the old group is going to listen to this. You never you know. know. I'm still in touch with the You and I were the funniest. Who are you still in touch with? Uh, nobody, I just talked cares. to Jennifer Morrison a few oh, weeks ago about, she helped me out with a project or a lead on something. I saw Debbie Castellano's one man show, uh, one woman show about a year ago or maybe longer. That was going to be. She crushed it. That's great. She's, she's dynamite. If she was style, in a one man right? show, there was going to be, you were going to yeah. have to do some explaining. I know, I know. But yeah. Um, I also remember early on you, you joining the group and I remember dropping you off at your place in UCLA. Remember taking that yeah, ride? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. I would have been, yeah. Yeah. Um, I also, weird fun fact, I uh, replaced Adam Goldberg. Adam Goldberg. Adam Goldberg, the one guy who went on to be famous from yeah. that group. Like, yeah. he left the group and that was his yeah. replacement. He was barely in it. I, I mean, right. I barely even, I don't think we ever collaborated on anything. But it was like, I, you lost, it was like one Jew out, one yeah. Jew in. Kind yeah. of, it was like, well. We used to hang out at Cantor's. Sure. Uh, anyway, Back okay. before it was cool to hang out at Cantor's. I know. Before yeah. it was, you know. It was really, like, lame. I remember also Cantor's. being with the group when River Phoenix died. Oh, wow. That's fun. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I, I, I vaguely remember that. Yeah. That wasn't, like, a huge I also remember moment. it with the earthquake, the Northridge earthquake. Yep. Well, you know, my roommate. And, and having a rehearsal, like, the next night, and everyone was freaked out. The Northridge earthquake 
happened in January of 94. And my that was the first night that I had moved in with Matt Nix. Yeah, I remember that. Have, yeah. On Norton. Like, you must, on Norton in yeah. West Hollywood. And it was literally like 20 years later, he and I, he's an executive producer on this show and we're still friends. That's and amazing. And he created Burn Notice on USA and he's got a new show, Complications, coming out. And he's like killing it in television. And, uh, you know, I take personal, I take one hundred percent credit for his career because he you was should. in DC, like uh, going, like I'm gonna go into like a life in politics, and I right. got this opportunity to have this rent control department in in WeHo, as we call it, you right? Know, uh, the denizens, and I called him in DC, and I'm like, "You're moving back to LA, and you're gonna be my roommate." And he did. He did he it. He did, and he came back to LA, and then he now he's in entertainment doing. Really, That's really fantastic. Well. Yeah, it's pretty great. I remember that dude. He's like the best. Right. He's a great friend. He's like you know we're we're still. I talk to him all the time. I love it. Well, yeah. I have more memory lane stuff for you, but let's, get, let's talk about the comedians. It's one of my favorite streets. I just watched the first episode. I laughed out loud. Thank you. So tell us the premise. The pre- it's a tough premise to pitch because it's very weird and and sort of like uh, snake eating its own tail ish. Right. But it's basically a show starring Billy Crystal and Josh Gad. We're premiering on FX. I don't know when this will air, but we're premiering yeah. April 9th. This is um, this is going to air. This will go up before then. Okay, so so it's a show. It's a show starring Billy Crystal and Josh Gad playing Billy Crystal and Josh Gad, who are doing a sketch comedy show for yeah. FX. And our show is sort of like the mock documentary behind the scenes look at the making of this show that's called The Billy and Josh Show. And we also sort of mix in. And in the pilot that you saw, we, you, you didn't see quite as much of this as, as happens in later episodes. But we also mix in little snippets of sketches from the show within the show. So it's sort of like a, a little bit of a documentary and a right. little bit of like a, um, a verite sketch show. Um, and... Yeah, it's it's it. I probably didn't explain it really well, no, but trust I, me, it's I, really totally funny. Yeah, yeah. Now you've worked on other shows. You worked on Still Standing and um, said Development. Yeah, consulted and on Community. Yeah, Community, like a number of shows. But this one, when we talk about it, you seem the most like you seem to have the most ownership of it, or the most yeah. like this feels more like your baby. Is well, that I mean, I was, say? I was with this from the very beginning. It's based on a Swedish show, but I was, you know, I was. This was like a nugget of a germ of an idea you know, when it came to me. So I, so I, you know, I'm, you know, I, I run this show and it's like, um, it, the kind of the buck stops with me. It's like, I'm, I get to be, I'm empowered to sort of like really make creative decisions. Obviously it's really collaborative because we have a lot of, uh, big names and heavy yeah. hitters on our thing. But like, this is the most fun I've ever had in television. It's the most, um, it's the proudest I've ever been. It's like, like this, this to me feels like I've been doing it for a long time. And this to me feels like the thing that I've been waiting for uh, yeah. all these years. And, and it feels like this is the show that I would watch, you know, and, 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 and which is kind of sounds like not that big a deal, but is actually, I see it as kind of like a miracle because it's hard. It's hard. You know I mean? Just making a, as you know, making a living in television right. is hard. Just getting a job is hard. And then, um, for, in my case, I probably worked like 18 years, you know, doing various staff jobs and writing pilots that either got made or, did, you know, didn't get on the air or didn't get made. And, you know, it's like, I was making a really nice living and, and getting paychecks and it was great. But the, the whole idea of, sort of 
getting a show off the ground, create, co-creating it and running a show that I would actually watch and like and would be, I think, one of my favorite shows is a miracle to me. It's crazy. It's so much fun. What Now, when did Billy Crystal come on board or how did the cast come on board? This producer came to me with this Swedish show yeah. and then he had the same producer, Mikkel Bondesen, had also gone to Billy and Billy was, I think, either attached or interested in getting attached. And um, when I watched the episodes of the Swedish show, then uh, and I loved them and I was like, I could totally adapt this. And, you know, it was, it was going to be a lot of work, but it was like, this feels like something I would love to do. The next step was sitting down with Billy, which was an, an amazing experience in and of itself. Cause I had, you know, been a, as many of us were a huge fan of his since I've, since childhood. Uh, and I went with Matt Nix at this point, cause I brought him onto the project. Yeah. Um, we went and we sat down with Billy and it's like, you know, you have lots of meetings in your career and they're usually, you know, like a bottle of water and like about, about 55 minutes to an yeah. hour usually, you know, and this, we sat there for two and a half hours with fucking Billy Crystal. Like, That's you know, and, and where were you in his office in yeah. Beverly? And, and it was like, just kind of shooting the shit and making Billy Crystal laugh, which was like a really crazy, fun, you know, surreal experience. And I remember like, I was working on community at the time and I left for the, yeah, I was like middle of the afternoon, uh, left work to like do this meeting and my bosses were okay with it. And, and I was like, I'll be back by four or five or, you know, like, and it went, it went so long that I, I think I didn't make it back to work that it was like this yeah. crazy. And then after, afterwards I was just, I remember thinking, um, the next day I woke up and I remember thinking like, Ah, I miss Billy Crystal. <laughs> like it was just, yeah. it was like, oh man, yesterday afternoon I was just sitting around making Billy Crystal yeah. laugh. And, and now and, there's a big hole in my heart. Uh, yeah, it's just a heart hole. Yeah. And you know, what are you going to fill that with? I don't and know. It turned out it was food. Uh, no, yeah, of course. But no, but so, and then, you know, I didn't know whether it would ever come together because most things don't. And it did. And it How was, long did it take? It took forever. It took forever because it was like this big deal. And then the, the step after that was we had to sit down with Larry Charles, who was who the same producer had also reached out to and was now interested in directing the pilot. And, you know, so it was like, it was a big, it was more, um, it was more executive producers than shows usually have yeah. with me and with Matt and with Billy and with Larry. And it was just a complicated, I, I didn't, I wasn't really privy to most of the backroom stuff, but there was yeah. a lot of deal making that had to happen and people had to figure that out. So that took, that actually took months with the studio and the agents and all that stuff. And now you look up and you drive around town, the signs are up everywhere. It's crazy. What does that feel like? It's so much fun. Well, I mean, first of all, FX, um, I've actually weird, uh, I've been weirdly a fan of FX, both a fan of their shows and specifically a fan of their marketing. Like, yeah. I, I don't know if you... I just remember, like, the first Americans poster. Yeah. I just remember thinking, like, that's maybe the best yeah, they do, they, poster they know how to I've do ever it. seen. And so, sure. so to be kind of, like, part of that really talented machine and see, you know, I mean, the, the poster they made is actually genuinely cool. Like, I'm yeah. really excited about having a framed yes. comedian's poster in my house and in my office. And um, you got to get one of those big bus ones. I'm going to get a bus. I should get, get a I should bus. actually, I would like, I would look into getting an actual bus. And get just an to actual keep, bus. Don't you think that would be nice? Don't <laughs> just you think part, that would be nice? I mean, it would, it would more than fill up my backyard. Yes. But I think that Make, would Turn just, that into like a... It'd be such a conversation piece. For It'd be sure. so quirky. It's quirky. Yeah. It's quirky. And it's that's quirky. what I, You know, it's like it's an MTA. Cool. And not like an old-timey, like, camping bus. Yeah. I'm talking like an MTA orange and gray yeah. 
just straight up city with bus. with that on the side. Yeah, I always wondered how they do that. It always looks like it would be so hard, but it must not be that hard. And like one day the there's none of them, and then the next day like they're all over town. I like know. some that's crazy. When you are you a bus? Is the is the comedians an actual bus? Are we? A, I, I, are you on the side of the bus? Oh no, yeah, we're on buses. People Yay. are sending me pictures of oh. like. It's that's another fun thing is like your friends emailing you yeah. like I just saw a comedian's poster. I tried to take one yesterday, it's but so I got fun. I had to drive on one on a train. One yeah. on a tra- I got one on a train. Yeah. There are trains in Los Angeles. That's fun. No, it's um. If you get a bus, you have to say that it was a gift from a fan or something. <laughs> you I'm can't say, say that you did it. You have to act like, oh, well, some my mom, right. my dad, what you know, yeah. like you have to. It couldn't be your thing. I'm gonna say. But Bill- I guess I'm just gonna keep it. Yeah. I don't know what am I? I don't know what I'm supposed to do. With I'm gonna it. say Billy got me the bus. Billy got you the I'm bus. I'm gonna say Billy got. Me I guess the bus. it's kind of. Cool. <laughs> I get, it's, it's like I didn't. I think maybe I must have said at yeah. one point I would love to have a bus, and he yeah. bought it for me. And now you it would be rude to yeah. throw it out now. I am currently working on a piece of uh, material that's that, where I get to put a lot of my own stuff in it that I'm dealing Dennis with. Dennis, anyone? Well, not, not, not <laughs> no, just no, but I'm, I just like I, like the title? I wanted to work the, the title of your Please, podcast. Please, I appreciate that. Guys, 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 but Dennis. But I think writing like the scenes with the executives, you must have gotten to use all of your Hollywood experiences to nail those meetings where... Well, yeah, I mean... Like, somebody's laughing a little too hard, <laughs> and one... Like lower person tries to offer a suggestion and kind of gets <laughs> shat on in front of you by the bot. Like those oh. dynamics, I think you really nailed that. It's, thank you. It's so much fun to do that. And you know, I mean, well, two things uh, apropos of that is one is um, it was important. It was really important to me and to all of us. But it, but to um, to kind of nail the subtleties of what happens in those rooms because yes. there's something very funny about the power dynamics of in a later episode we have a just just trying to start a conference call we have like yeah. a, a three minute bit on like trying to figure out who speaks first and you know everybody just speaking over each other and the weird like the weird politics of speakerphone and just like there are there's those little tiny um, nuanced things that that just make me laugh so hard in those in the real moments and. Uh, you know, and, and they also feel really important. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, because if I what, should I comment on that painting in the office? Will that score me points? <laughs> right. Will they like me? They feel really important, and yeah. it's ridiculous and meaningless. And it's the uh, you know to me, it's there's there's an overused term which is like this show writes itself. But there yeah. are things that because this is the 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 pool that we're all swimming in, you know, that it feels sometimes very easy because it's it's like well just. Just the world you're observing is the actual world that you live in and, and that right. you that you that you work in. And I guess the other thing is, and this was this was a, a a cool note and a good note to get from the network. And FX has been so I, I, I sound like I'm a, a, a total homer, but right now, but like right. they've been so great. And they're really their one note, and it was a little self serving, but it was actually very much in the service of the show. Was um, don't fall back on those cliches that we've seen on other shows when portraying Hollywood. And, you know, it's like, it shouldn't be the, the executives aren't, um, sort of like vacuous blowhards They're Um, you know, they have, they have foibles and they have quirks, but they're kind of smart people in a way, you know what I mean? Like, and, right. and, and that there's, to me, that's the more fun satire to write because it's, um, it's more sharply observed, and it's not. It's not necessarily we haven't an seen easy it. joke. Yeah, and, and and there are there are certain things. I mean, the, 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 exec the has O'Hare, to give yeah. the exec has to give Billy Crystal some bad news, and it just takes him forever <laughs> to get it out. And he says, "There, though, he goes. Uh, the show tested." 
poorly, somewhat poorly. Like that, the, the, there's like the, the phrasing of somewhat trying poorly to because yeah. that's what they do. They parse, and it's yeah, very yeah. funny to me, and it's very like um, it's also real because we all have to do that. You're walking on eggshells. It's like yeah. it's a, it's a delicate. It, that was another one of our sketches, Delicate Times International Coffees. Do you remember that? No, what happened? It was, it was uh, um, this is an off Fairfax sketch in, back in the day. Yeah. And the idea, you remember those like international, what was it? Yeah, coffees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was always like was celebrate like the moments. Yeah, like yeah. celebrate the moments in, yeah. in life. And this was just a coffee that was just for if you had to break really awkward news, you would put out this coffee and it was sort of like, Mom, do you douche? You know, it was yeah. like, and then there was a, there was a, um, a, a, a jingle, a Delicate Times International Coffee. Delicate like, Times International Coffee. It was like, coffee. I'm cheating on you. And it was like, but yeah. the coffee was so I'm delicious gay. that it made that it, made everything it, made okay. it okay. Yeah. That's st- you know what? These ideas are holding up. <laughs> I am not. They're timeless. They're really timeless. They're timeless. I mean, come on. This is a uh, this solid is, gold this is for the previous century we're yes. talking about. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. So um, anyway. Now, was this the first time you've shot in faux documentary style where somebody would take a look to the camera or me personally. Yeah. We actually, I, when I was on community, we did one documentary episode, but I don't, and I worked on that, but I don't really count that. Cause that yeah. wasn't the style of the show. I think that was sort of like in, in the, a one well, and also very much in the sort of great tradition of community there, there's, you're sort of tweaking genres a lot on that show. Yeah. Um, uh, so I just, I, it's hard for me to say the word tweaking and look at you and not giggle. Talk about that. nipple tweaking. It did, it, well, yeah. That's on my list. So okay. another, thing that, <laughs> another thing that Ben and I have in common. I really did have a moment just now. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to giggle and I have it. to, that, I can either, I can either play it straight or I can acknowledge that I just giggled a little yeah. bit. Yeah. You might be surprised to know that both Ben Wetzler and I love us uh, some Indigo Girls. I girls, baby. Love them. That's not to love. I remember. One's so serious and one's I remember so sweet. going to Vegas. Salty and sweet. I know. That's the. I remember the going mixture. to Vegas. Did we go to Vegas together we for went your to bachelor party? Not for mine. For Dan. For Dan Saffers. Yeah. And, and, we, and bachelor, I remember listening way, to Indigo that, Girls. Talk about the a way. great bachelor party. It was. It was like one straight guy, one gay guy, and a girl, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, the, and the dude, and the bachelor. And we drove. <laughs> and we drove and I think, like, watched a porno, maybe? I like, I think that was the extent even, of I our debauchery. I remember. But I remember that we discovered, I think, on that trip that we liked... Um, the Indigo Girls. The Indigo Girls. Sure. But our bit that Glenn and I do, and it's <laughs> Well, we went, to a, we went to a concert. concert. You and... Yeah. We went to a concert at the Greek. I think my friend Scott was there. And Scott was definitely there. Tony yeah. was there. Yeah. It was, it was great. It, it was, was me. The, it was, it was I was the only straight the, dude. I was yeah. the only straight guy you were, at the Greek. You were <laughs> the only straight guy at the whole Greek. <laughs> And there were like lesbians peeing in the sinks yeah. in the men's room. It was great. It was, it was a, t- oh, it was a time. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. It was, it was, <laughs> it was a, quite nice a time. to remember. <laughs> and our joke was that whenever there was an instrumental solo, we would perform a uh, little lesbian sex acts. Cause we assumed that that's what was happening in the studio when they were recording the vocal. That's what Emily and Amy like. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> well, we've got, we've got. 15 seconds. Let's do We could do a little nipple tweaking. <laughs> nipple tweaking. And our favorite thing was like to take your little pinky and nudge it with your thumb over and over again. And I don't that's know what that what meant. That's just what we assumed lesbians did. We yes. Didn't know. I don't know if that's We have no literal. access to that world. I think I talked about this on another podcast. Uh, but the point so is we yeah. love them and we also like to imagine what they do during the Instagram We like price. tweaking them. For Literally sure. and figuratively. Not For literally. sure. Yeah. So, yeah God. so I'm sorry. So we'll, we'll, we're talking we'll about... Wait to, what led to the tangent of tweaking? Uh, you, we were talking about, oh, reality oh. shooting like a documentary. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it was, I guess, yeah, I guess this was the first time I did it. And it's not a genre that's, um, I mean, you, you kind of want to not 
have the overdone, um, like the talking heads or the looks, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you, you don't want to overdo that because it's, it's a, it's a joke that kind of, the style sort of gets in the way wears of, out. It's welcome sometimes. Yeah. So, and, and you know, it, it's always an interesting line to walk when you're shooting a faux documentary because, and we talk about this all the time in our, you know, in our creative team is like, well, how much would the cameras, um, plausibly be capturing here in these moments, you know, cause sometimes those shows, I mean, modern family is a really good example of a show that kind of has the veneer of a, of a documentary style, right. but also very clearly is doing scenes that aren't really, the conceit isn't really that the documentary yeah. camera is following this family. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, you let it go. Yeah. And, and like, but we had, you know, in the early going, we had to have the conversations of like, well, would you see Billy in the bedroom with his wife? Like, is that a thing that would happen on this show? Because if so, you, you kind of have to explain why the cameras are there. I think our show is a little bit more formally, uh, adheres to the documentary rules than some other shows. Right. Um, but you know, we, we, and, and, because of it, we'll sometimes have moments where you actually see one of the other, you know, we're shooting with two cameras yeah. anyway. And we, you know, we don't shy away from, Hey, if, if B camera gets an A camera's shot and it's a good shot, we'll, we'll use it because yeah. it is a documentary and that camera person would be there. Right. Um, so it's, it's cool. It's kind of liberating. It, uh, it allows us to, um, have a, a kind of a messier style, which is, which I think makes the show cooler and, and kind of like, sloppy in a good way. Yeah. Um, and you know, some of those, it captures the chaos of a show. Yeah. And, and it you captures wanna... the, the million people trying to do something under the gun. There's a chaos. Yeah. It's, yes. there's something cool about that and energetic. And so, you know, we, and, and Larry Charles, who, who directed the pilot and many, and is he actually in the show? Yeah. He and plays he's the guy he that gets Larry fired. Charles, That's played, what I thought, which okay. was originally Fred Savage, by the okay. way, which was like an old friend of mine. Cause Fred was on my first job, my first working. Staff job working. And we, you know, I wrote a scene cause I thought it would be really hilarious to open the pilot with Billy Crystal firing Fred Savage. Yeah. Uh, who's, you know, who's now legitimately a director, right. and, you know, doing, doing it. Um, he's doing it. He's doing Fred it. Savage, he's in the game. Fred Savage. He's doing it. He's got it going on. Uh, Fred's a great, great guy. And then Fred had to drop out at the last minute. And so we were like, well, who better to play the director that gets fired from the pilot of the Billy and Josh show than the guy who's directing the actual pilot of the comedians and Larry, did it and he crushed it and he's hilarious. As he seemed like a real he's actor. Really funny. He seemed he's like a really real funny. actor. Yeah, yeah. He, I, he, he was like he broke your heart a little bit when he got fired. He broke your heart a lot. It's I such was a, like oh and dude. And I don't want to ruin it for people, but there's a scene the next morning where Larry runs into Billy the morning after having been fired, and there's sort of like a miscommunication. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's very awkward, and it's very, also another one of those things. I wrote the like, word squirmy down. There's a lot of squirminess and squirmy comedy. Yeah. Uh, well, which I, mean, I like. I, I I love that. I mean, when back when Matt Nix and I were roommates in the '90s, we were watching Larry Sanders. We were binge watching Larry yeah. Sanders essentially before before binge watching was a thing. Yeah, you, you know, had to like, really work to binge. Yeah, you had. Yeah, well, in 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 literal and figurative yeah. senses. I mean, food yeah. wasn't wasn't that plentiful no. either. But no. like <laughs> the um, but so. We, you know, I remember dubbing it the comedy of discomfort, which is yeah. kind of like not that genius of a term, but it was right. like, there's something so funny about in Larry Sanders, those moments where just Hank just makes you literally want to crawl up a wall just to hide from what's yeah. going on on stage on, on screen rather. And it's, it's really fun to me. And yeah, that's, that's an example of sort of like, um, 
running into the guy who you fired, you know, the morning yeah. after is very, um, it's a thing that could happen. I had a thing, this is a tangent from a tangent, but right. it's like, I had a thing, um, I was moving to New York to work on the Michael J. Fox show. This is like two years ago. And right. I was, um, I was going to rent an apartment from somebody who was in the business, who was like, uh, like a Hollywood person who I hadn't exactly worked with, but we would very likely cross paths again. And you know what I mean? It was like, right. and this person had an apartment for rent in New York and I needed a place. And it was like this very pressure filled situation because I'm, I'm me and all the writers on this show, we're working on this job, but we're also like on April 20th or whatever, we're going to be on a plane to New York city and you need to have a place to live for yeah. like the next six months. It was crazy. And, uh, you had and, to uproot a lot. You had to exactly. figure out how to be there. And, and, and I was working on this show. So, and this show made, there was always the chance that this may go. And so I might have to come back. The or, comedians you know, the was comedians, already in yeah. development. And, and, and so there, it was this very weird, tricky negotiation of this over this apartment. And I was maybe on a plane like two days hence, you know what I mean? It was like, it was like, I need to know. And these people were kind of dragging their feet and it was very much starting to feel like they were going to screw me out of right. this apartment, which they ultimately did. Okay. But, but, um, but there was this conversation where I, I felt like I needed, there was like tension that I didn't know where it was coming from. And so I had to call, I called this woman and I'm like, uh, Hey, I just want you to know, uh, or no, it was an email. I just want you to know, however this shakes out, I just want to make sure there's no hard feelings. You know what I mean? Like I know this is right. something's weird is going on and I just want to like acknowledge the elephant in the room. And you know, I don't know whether, how you're going to rule on this, whether you're going to let me move into this apartment that we agreed and I like signed the papers and stuff. And she immediately email, emails back with like, Oh no, 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 no. It's all good. We're good. Like that. Like, Meaning like, and I'm like, oh my God, thank God. This is so great. This I've got the apartment. Of, the I've same. got the apartment. This is so fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank you. Like, um, you know, and, and I'm like, thank you. Uh, go ahead and deposit the check that I already sent you. Like, this is great. I'm so excited. It's just going to be great. And then she emails back like, oh no, 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 no. Um, I just meant there's no hard, there'd be no hard feelings. Yeah. You don't like, we're actually not letting you have the apartment. I remember thinking like, that is I mean, my, it was crushing because now I'm, I'm going to be homeless in two days. It was like an incredibly stressful moment, but I was also like, this is so fucking funny. I have yeah. to put this in a show and it winds up in the, in yeah, the almost like days. beat for beat. It's yeah, that yeah. same thing. And it was it's so, so funny. but you understand why the person thinks they're back in the game. The, it, oh man. The it, was, it. it was truly, um, one of those great Hollywood yeah. moments of like, people are, people are trying so hard to be nice that yeah. they're sort of saying the most hurtful thing. Possible. Yeah. 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 They're letting you believe things that aren't true. Yeah, exactly. Um, what's it like Billy Crystal? There's a lot of jokes where he sort of gets made. People don't like, like Josh Gad doesn't know that he was already on Broadway yeah. Yeah. or, uh, there's some age jokes and yeah. stuff like that. What's it like going to Billy Crystal and say, Hey, we want to make a joke about this or that or whatever. Is he it's, like, it's, it's, it's horrifying. It's, I would think, you know horrifying. what I mean? Cause yeah. the moments are amazing and he makes that right. face and you get yeah. it, but you don't, you don't, you don't know, uh, you know, it's a, how to do it w- without kind of, I mean, here's, here's what. Here's what I'll say. It's both. It's both kind of like the politic answer, and it is the true answer, which is he's been so great about having a sense of humor about himself, and it's not. Um, it's not easy. It's not. Yeah, I think. I think the thing about this show, you know, you've got like Larry David playing a character named Larry David on Curb Your Enthusiasm. You got right. Matt LeBlanc, you know, on, right. you know, and it's not like it's not that nobody's ever done this before, and I think that that's 
some somewhat to our advantage because I think there's a built-in sense that the audience will understand that Billy's in on the joke. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody's gonna nobody's gonna think, oh fuck, they filmed this without Billy Crystal's permission. You right. Know, Josh Gad making age jokes about you know like like everybody knows that on some level you know you called cut and everybody laughed. You know right. what I mean? And Billy was in on the joke. Um, but it is this weird. This is I feel like our show is the first time where somebody of Billy's stature is has been called upon to sort of play a version of a fictionalized version of himself, and it's very like. It's 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 really challenging. It's it's a very sort of um, I'm kind of like the guy. I feel like I'm sometimes in our group the sacrificial lamb. Like I'll I'll, I'll I will push Billy absolutely as far as he's willing to go. Right. Which is ironic given the the degree to which I'm a a huge fan of his and sort of like a a, a worshipper of his from the time right. I was 11 years old. But like you know, it, it's this very weird experience going up to the guy who you were like getting, getting laughs doing his right. bits in middle school. You right. know what I mean? And saying like, we're going to make a joke about city slickers too. Yeah. We're going to make a joke and <laughs> it's at whatever. your expense. And it's, it's basically like, uh, yeah, but like I at least have the advantage of sometimes being able to put that on paper. So it's sort of like, yeah, I've typed it and now <laughs> I'm emailing it to you and you'll be in another room while you read it and you'll yeah. curse my name. You'll hear something hit a wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but like, you know, God bless him to his credit. You know, that, that moment in the pilot where jo- what you're referring to is Josh, he's talking about book of Mormon and he says, um, uh, you got you got to do Broadway. You got to. It's so great. And when and, he said that, I'm like, dude, I was like ahead of that. I was like, dude, oh, yeah. Yeah. Billy Crystal like had his own one man show yeah. that kicked ass and won Tonys and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, like, and it's just such a, but it's such a great character moment for both of them because of it's first of all, it's Josh. You know, I mean, it's it's a bunch of things. It's Josh is being really well intentioned in this moment. Yes. but he's also being a little bit like he didn't do his homework. Try, he's a little bit trying to big dog him. You know what I mean? Like, he's a little bit... And then he also... He didn't do his homework. He's like a young kid that doesn't know... He plays right into that stereotype that somebody like Billy Crystal Stoucher might have of young people that they haven't paid their dues. They don't know. Like, it's all of it. And then Billy has to, in the the way of sort of human interaction, like, I'm not going to tell you you're an idiot to your face. Like, he has to sort of, like, let Josh down easy in that moment and, and, and sort of gently tell him, like... Yeah, I actually, you know, I did, I did Broadway, and it's yeah. it's really it's a it's probably my favorite moment in the pilot. Which well, the, the the following moment is my favorite moment in the pilot. Which when Josh is what? laughs when Josh. when he says when he's, he's like, "What's it about?" And he goes, "It's what about my dad?" It's so when my weird. Dad, when my dad died when I was fifteen, and Josh, thinking just, Billy's joking, just, just starts laugh like uproariously, it's, it's, and then it just sits there. Is the best. Talk about the comedy of discomfort, but also I feel like. This the area where we're playing with reality with, in terms of Billy Crystal and his stardom and his career and stuff is fresh. The, the age stuff, the young and old, like that's new. That's a little like, yeah. Ooh, this is interesting. I hope so. I mean, yes. I think, I think for um, sure. Well, I mean, it's this weird thing, you know. Just, just the us talking about it now. It's this weird thing of. I think so. Like, like you, yes. you say that it's fresh, and you, th- and you it's say it's good, and, I, and, I, and I'm glad you think that. But I kind of feel like, you know, I'm sort of in this moment right now of like, well, I'm putting this show or, you know, we are putting this show out to the world that's going to, you know, and I guess I kind of, I humbly submit, I think it's very good. You know, like this is, this is what I think is good. And it's, it's actually a fun position to be in because um, if people like it, great. I mean, great. You know, that's obviously why you make this stuff. But also if people don't like it, I kind of feel like, well. 
I this was actually what I wanted to do. There's no um, there's no feeling of of oh yeah this is somebody else's fault yeah. or, you know what I mean like, no it, you it, left it all on the floor yeah it's like it's like this is the show I wanted to make and, and we wanted to make and, I think uh, you people know, are going to like it I hope so I hope so I, I, I love it and it's also interesting because it's you know Billy Crystal being back on television and it's really exciting you know and yeah. and, um, and the, the show plays with that but in order to do that he's with this other guy and uh, like that's yeah. the, the, it's just interesting well the whole thing yeah. is um, is sort of like the way that you you kind of constantly have to compromise to 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 have your dreams. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, the, like, what are you willing to sacrompromise yeah, like, to stay in the Billy game? Crystal, to be in the like game, eleven Oscars. Yeah, and, you know what I mean. Like, it's you still don't have a clear shot. You don't get to dictate all the terms of your life, and it's very. It's this very that's, weird, and it's, that's more true than ever. I think. Oh yeah, of because course. there's not enough chairs. There's not enough yeah. chairs at the table. There's not enough things to do. Like I just heard that Van Halen was touring again with David Lee Roth. Wow. And I'm sure they were like, "Never again. Never, Fuck yeah. that. We're going to do this." And then time goes by, <laughs> and then somebody writes down a number. Like, oh really? That's a, quite a bit. That's wow. quite a big. I gotta He's put my kids. You know what, David we Lee? Just, we got to do it. David we Lee got to do it. Yeah. It's why Project Runway is going to run forever. Right. It's why fucking Amazing Race and right. Survivor. Yeah. Jack Probst ain't going nowhere. Right. It used to be it's that... It's a good job. By the way, it's a good job. No, it's sweet. But yeah. it used to be like, you know, you'd have your Suzanne Summers moment where you're like, I'm, 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 right. I'm, I'm too big for this shit. No. I still haven't had my Suzanne no, Summers nobody, moment. And I want you it. Can't. You can't I want have it so it. bad. Everyone yeah. has to... Right. There's no... Yeah. This is as good as it gets. Right. It is. It's pro- it might be. Well, but, but, probably like, is. But I'm, you know, 44 years old and I'm like... Fuck you. Anyway. <laughs> that was tough but fair. But no, but but... But I've been doing it a long time, and I'm like, this is great. Like, this is very, I feel very lucky and right. very, um, uh, you know, I mean, and, and it's, again, we all, like, the 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 doing of this is always collaborative. And, it's, you know, I mean, generally speaking, unless you're Billy Crystal, you don't get to, like, sell out a Broadway house of your right. one-man show where you're the only person acting and you're the only person right. You know, I mean, he yeah. wrote it with Alan Zweibel, but, like, you're you're sort of, like, that's probably the closest to like a mainline, you know, or like the guys who do stand up and sell out arenas, yeah. you know, there aren't very many of those. And like most of the rest of us have to figure out a way to collaborate and, and play on a team. And it's, yeah. you know, and, and it's you, the best version of that is really exhilarating. It really is. Now in, in terms of the progression of your career, do you feel like it's just sort of been like a, like a gradual sort of, moving up to this place or do, were there times where you just like things dropped out and you're like what the hell am I going to do now or I, here the, I would say the short answer to that question is I do kind of feel like it's been a gradual yeah. a, a slow gradual moving to, moving towards up. something I, you where know, you really get to have and ownership. by the way I really hope I, you know like one of the things that fills me with fear yeah is that Oh, is this the moment where it's all downhill from here? You know what I mean? Like, is it like, I, I really, really, uh, it, it's really important to me to ha- at least maintain that illusion that like there are still better days ahead or that my best work is ahead of me. And that, right. you know, and, and that's really, um, kind of what drives me and what gets me up every morning is to, yeah. you know, and, and makes me get up in the, at five o'clock in the morning and work is like, right. I really want to get, continue to get better at this. But, um, I did have a moment like a few years ago where I was kind of like, Oh man, I'm really not enjoying this that much. And it was usually like when I was 
staffing on television shows. So, so it was like I was working on television shows, but I wasn't running them. I was working yeah. on other people's TV shows. And it was totally fun. And it was a fun – it was like – again, it was like it's a good job. You know what I mean? Like you go to work and you get paid and – Usually the hours in my case weren't terrible, and you know it's like you have a parking spot and there's they bring you lunch. It's not something to complain about. It's a good right. you know it's a good job. But I was like, I don't know how many more years I can do this because I don't really like this. And it was it was most I think it was mostly because you're sitting in a writer's room all day, which also is totally fun. But I think it was for me it was like I, it feels like it's taking me away from what I really want to do, which is actually write. You know I yeah. want, like I'd rather if I had all the money. I, in the world or all the, you know, like I would honestly, I would go to a coffee shop and write spec screenplays. I really honestly would. And, and it's so weird. Cause we have the same conversation yeah. every time we have lunch yeah. about like how I'm sort of like doing my thing, yeah. but it's mine right? and struggling and trying to get paid and, and like, trying to get paid yeah. and, and, and we, and then you pick up the check and I was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm so rooting for some success in the Dennis Hensley world because because you I'm gonna get so many free lunches. You're it's so be, old. No, no, no. But like, but um, I, I, that's I had a very promising funny. meeting last week. Good, I know that's great. I, somebody well, just drove it's... off the road listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were. Uh, I, it was like an hour and a half, two hour chat. Good. Yeah. Good. Well, I mean, I know. I think you know, not that anybody really asked, but I think that people who are good and persistent tend to have success in Hollywood. It's there been, you go. I really do believe that, but like, All right. but so uh, to, to kind of answer, I think, yeah, I had a moment where I was sort of like, if I don't figure out a way to fashion a career, that's more of the stuff that I want to do, which is basically right. Right. And less the stuff that I don't want to do, which is basically sort of like wait around for somebody else to make a decision, which is what a lot of TV writing amounts yeah. to. Um, I might have to figure else, figure out something else with my life. And that, so I would say that was a, it wasn't so much that I was um, living in your car, yeah, or like, or like, what's where's the next job going to be? It was yeah. more just sort of like, I don't know how much longer I can tolerate. I I, I need to be more fulfilled than I am. I guess, I am. Yeah. yeah. Which is a, by the way, such a first Good problem, problem. and I know, and it's yeah, like even right. if it's coming out of my mouth, I'm. It's kind of like, yeah. Oh, poor you, but you know that that was yeah, it happens. But yeah, gr- gradual ascent. Gradual, Gradual gra- All right. like slow though. I'm not one of those yeah. overnight guys. I'm like, uh, like this has been yeah. slow. I love it. Yeah. Now there's an actress and a character in your piece, the producer Chris, who I have not. I don't think I've seen that actress oh, before. Stephanie Weir. Okay, th- I know her name. Then I've heard She's her name. The best. She's fan fucking tastic. She may be the funniest. She's so. Like, she may be the funniest funny. person in. What universe. I've seen her another thing. So I know funny. the name when you said it, but she when was I, on Mad TV. She's okay. actually she's she's been. She a looked familiar to me, but she wasn't just, like somebody that I. Oh, I'm like man. I'm oh, telling you, like uh, you know those. I think of you this is going to be a breakout. Those of her. you listening to Dennis, anyone, some whatever date this comes yeah. out before April 9th, like you're among the first. Like remember the name Stephanie Weir because she's going to be so famous and so I. I mean, I feel it, like supporting I'm, actress Emmy. Not unless I well. You know, I mean, uh, Kenahora, as as yeah. white people say, but like uh, you know, it's it, it's she's so funny, she's so good, and it is this weird revelatory performance. Like where what I, I, didn't, I didn't know I didn't know who you know, she it, was before this. Yeah, it wasn't and like oh the they got oh they got Cheryl Hines oh they got right, whoever right, it right. was like who who where is this and why is, and and like I can't every frame she's on camera for is 
as funny as it could possibly be. And there's a scene in her office, they're having a conversation, and her stomach starts growling <laughs> and making crazy noises. Which, and it was so, it made me laugh so loud, because she was reacting to it in the mo- so realistically, and I thought they had to have dubbed those in or whatever, and what's the story? The story well, I told you, like, right before we started recording, but that was real. It was real. I her actual leave. That was that real. We're sitting there, and, and the scene's over. Like, the scripted part of the scene is over. And this is another sort of, like, this is one of probably Larry Charles's greatest superpowers. He doesn't call cut. He just doesn't call cut. Like, he's he's a director who lets the actors... So they just keep going. ...figure it out. And, like, and usually we wind up sort of, like, cutting the scene where the scene was meant to end. Sure, but you, sometimes but you might get But every once in a while you have this thing, and, like... Uh, and, and Billy walks out of the room and she's sitting there with Josh and they're talking and it's an uncomfortable moment already. And then her stomach audibly, like crazy loud, really crazy loud. loud grumbles. And this actually happened on the day, like as we were shooting the scene and you're sitting there with your, your headphones at Video Village and yeah. her mic is like, I'm pointing to kind of like my sternum. Like, right. You know, so it's right there. Her mic is right there and yeah. it picks it up and it's like the loudest it's overpowers the dialogue because her stomach just like, like, you know, like, yeah. like crazy. And at that point, I think everyone standing at video village just collapsed and dissolved in like a puddle of tears and laughter. So it's the funniest thing I've ever going. seen. And the two of them, God bless. I mean, like literally probably the two most gifted improvisational actors I've ever worked with. They Josh, are, Josh Gad and Stephanie Weir are like geniuses. Stayed in character, stayed in the scene. He comments he on, on it. You got you her got something going thing. on with your colon. She's like in character, apologizing for it. I don't know. I'm just so. And it's 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 the funniest. It's so funny, and it's also like that's a great example of you could put me down in front of a typewriter for a million years, and I could never write that moment. Yeah. It's just it's so. Um, it's so off kilter and out of left field and so funny. And it's, the, that's one of the things I love about our show is like when that happens, we look at each other and we're like, well, that's clearly the scene now. You know was what I mean? Was it hard like, in the, the editing room? Is. Did you feel like you had like 45 minute episodes that had to be 22? We weirdly in the case of the pilot, not in the later episodes, cause we, the pilot was shot in six days. Yeah. So we shot a lot of material in the pilot. Yeah. And, and, um, but in all the rest of the episodes we shot over four days. So, so really... You would shoot an episode in four days. Yeah, it was, it was... We would shoot two episodes in eight days is actually what we would do. And we would cross-board the two. So yeah. it was like at any given moment... And we didn't have any hiatuses. It was like episode end... You know, two, a block of two episodes ends on Tuesday. And on Wednesday, you're on day one of, you know, two more episodes. So it was like... That seems crazy It was crazy. Me. It, was, it was super Why? intense because it's Budget? Cheaper. Schedule. Yeah, yeah. Budgets. Budgets and schedules. But yeah. it's two things. You know, and, and... So we were working all the time. There were two table reads a week. You know what I mean? It was, it, it was like, you know, you so the actors would take their lunch and then you'd go and the network would show up and we would do a table read and it would take an hour and then we'd be shooting again. It was... It was it's crazy. And yet our days weren't that long. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, because... We move really fast. We don't have to relight. It's like, yeah. you know, I mean, this is all like kind of boring technical stuff, but like the, um, so the pilot, the director's cut of the pilot was something like 48 minutes. It was yeah. really, really, really long. And you think you're sitting there and you're like, and by the way, and Larry was like, I think we should turn it in at this, <laughs> at yeah. this length. Like it's he loved it. He like, fuck yeah. yeah. Well, they'll, well, they'll give us an hour, you know, like, and I remember I watched that and I was like, it's really good. It's going to be really easy to get twenty minutes out of yeah. this. Like it wasn't, it wasn't daunting at all, right? Because the story was there. It was like it was, 
yeah. was in all of that extra stuff. And the extra stuff is hilarious, but you're kind of like, yeah, I know I don't need to stop right now for five minutes to like run down this little whimsical road as, yeah. as much fun as it is. Yeah. It's going to be a good show for DVD extras. I think I, of course, I like the moments when they get a little realer with each other and they yeah. sort of connect and there's a lot of, the guys are so lovely. good. They're so good. And, yeah. and, and they're, I mean, they, they really, really are. And the thing that's, um, both, I, this is really both Billy and Josh, but everybody on the show, they're incredibly good listeners. They're really, yeah. really good at being in the moment. And when we, that, that's, what's fun about this show is that we kind of, um, you're watching for like, is there a scene here? You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. you're not watching for, um, did they get their lines right? Or were, are the cameras exactly right? I mean, you're watching for that too, to a certain extent, but you're, you're really watching for like, is there a scene here? You're looking for the gold. And those guys, I mean, their instincts are just really good. I mean, Billy knows where the funny is and so does Josh. It's, and, and they also know how to push each other's buttons in yeah. a way that keeps it um, conflictual and uncomfortable and all the things that we want to do. So it's super fun. I love it. I'm really I'm proud so of excited it. I'm about glad it. you like it. Do you remember when we went to Vegas to canvas for Carrie? Yeah. You talk, you yeah. asked me to go do that and we went to yeah. Vegas and canvas. We for met Carrie. at the Burbank airport. We met like, at the Burbank we airport, a huge burrito, you just, which I think I regretted the rest of the day. That's what I remember. It was like the a huge burrito. Burrito. Yeah, no, we canvassed for Carrie. He we came did. in second. I want to say, I want to say he came in second. Yeah. I remember having nice dinner and yeah. knocking on doors and people were okay. And yeah. eating at Mona Amiga B with my friend John, who went with me. Oh, and we had yeah. yeah, you didn't go there. Yeah, but your baby was just born. She was just born. Wow. The, weird, the cu- two couple weird things about that trip. Um, one that one is that like we spent the days in the craziest, shadiest parts of Vegas, like North Vegas, like right. housing projects. Basically, we were knocking on doors. Right. One day, I don't know if you had the same precinct. Well, that they I had. were, but they were nice houses. They but it was like, like weird, yeah. Vegasy, yeah. deserty. But it was like they weren't n- nice, or at least the one day that I would. Yeah. But, it, but it was like it was kind of like really, really down. And then, and then at night, we were like at the. W, not the W. You but guys the, were like, at the. Um, we were like at this crazy nice hotel, the hotel a, like a really whatever. nice drink. Yeah, yeah and, and it was like this is just so. It's all so weird. It's yeah. So it's such like a weird dichotomy. The other thing that's um, hilarious about that trip is my friend Noah. This is just like a little fun fact that's only fun for you and uh, yeah. your listeners. That's okay. my friend Noah who put that trip together is now the ambassador to Argentina. Really? Yes. That's amazing. Yes. He no, deserves it. Well, he he worked hard. A lot of money for the and then subsequent to Kerry, the guy Obama came in first, and then that, I know. that helps. That, that helps. helps a lot. That helps. Yeah. Good for Noah. I guess first and second, it's a big difference. I, I think it is. I think it's like in those races. And you you've also done Woody Allen a number of times at the mismatch game. Yeah, and and originated in our off off Fairfax. What group. was Woody doing in off off Fairfax? I can't remember. I feel like you no yeah you wrote a song that was like remember the girl is mine the Paul yeah. McCartney. Michael yeah. Jackson song. Oh, you did a song that was The Girl Is Mine, but it was Woody Allen and Michael Jackson. Oh, fuck. Really? Right? I like to write song parodies. And the that line, was my sweet spot. There was the line in that song, Come Ride on My Skin Bus. <laughs> <laughs> that would like rhyme with us. I think, sure. might, I think that might be the title of this podcast. <laughs> come, I always pick a... Come Ride on My Skin Bus. Yeah. Which has nothing to do with anything we've no, talked about. No. It makes total for, sense. It, that, that's usually how these that's titles us. go. That's us. Yeah. yeah. I also remember that not long after... Off of Fairfax, you got, I think it was like your first industry job, and you were working on some movie called Forrest Gump. 
Yes. And well, I, would, I think you would call you and you would title. answer Forrest Gump <laughs> or something like that. I'm and like, what both is think, that? I know that when I first, when I had to like report for work on my first day of that, yeah. I thought that was the name of the company that was making the movie. Yeah. I was like, well, Forrest Gump, that just sounds like, you know, like, um, that sounds like a, it sounds like porta potty company. It sounds like Kimberly Clark who makes, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, like Kleenex, you know, it was yeah. just like, well, there's a corporation that's, there's, and, and yeah. And then I was like, I, so where do you want me? And they're like, yeah. and what is this? And they're like, it's a movie directed by Robert Zemeckis starring Tom Hanks. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah. And yeah, that was my first job. What did you do? I was a casting assistant. And then I, they liked me enough to sort of like keep passing me around between the, um, among the, uh, department. So I was like a location assistant. I was a office PA, a set PA. I helped out with the like Oscar campaign, you know, that kept me employed and paying rent for like 14 months. It was a great, wow. it was a great, that was it was the best. I made a lot of friends and, you know, was, that, was, that was like the second lucky break. I'm yeah. serious. You know, like, and you, t- you talk about the series of lucky breaks. Like yeah. that was this enormously cool thing that I totally fell ass backwards into. It didn't lead to any of the writing stuff, but right. working on a like classy production the first time out, yeah. it was really cool. What was your favorite memory of it? What was your most magical, glamorous? <sighs> I remember Tom Hanks. I remember being in like a, a, a group of like, me, one other person, and Tom Hanks, and he's telling a story. It was like on the football field set where they shot, where he played football for yeah. Alabama, which we shot in like um, we, <laughs> we, you, you know, me and Bob. You were part of the team. Shot in like East LA or like, okay. or like a city college, and he was telling a story, and he's like, "You remember the um, episode of the Brady Bunch where Marsha tries out for cheerleader?" It was like it was basically like Greg's the guy who decides who the cheerleader is, and it's like between Marsha. And the girl he's going out with, and then, like, the one who gets the job, which is that she was the best one. Yeah. And he, like, decides to, like, pick the, you know, it's like, is he going to pick his sister or is he going to pick his girlfriend? Yeah. And then he winds up picking the most qualified one. First of all, who gives, why does Greg Brady have that job? I don't understand. But anyway, I get the moral dilemma. There's only, like, eight people in the Brady universe. So it's like, you you got it. and, and And then the punchline of the story, Tom Hanks, is, like, the third girl, my wife. She was yeah. th- on the Brady Bunch. And I was like, I was like that's a cool story to have heard from the yeah. mouth of Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Yeah. That's a really good story. Yeah. It was really cool. Oh, and I do have one other story. Do you want to yeah. know one other story? I do. I do. I do. The, um, so we're like looking for the kid who's going to play Forrest and Jenny's son, who's yes. like got to be four years old and he's got to look like, he's got to be four years old, he's got to be able to put a sentence together. Yeah. And he's got to look like he could be the son of Tom Hanks and Robin Wright, which is, you know, sounds easy, right? Right. But four-year-olds don't generally talk good. You know, like, and, and so... And we, also, there's something, when you see a movie and they cast a kid and it looks like them... Yeah. It's magical. Really It's exciting. really magical. Yeah. Where you're like, like, where do they find that? So, it's I, cr- I understand the it's challenge like of crazy, it. crazy, crazy hard. And so, yeah. and, and, you know, I wasn't the casting director, I was the assistant, but I was... Sort of like processing the yeah, hundreds were- and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kids who would read for this role. And then one day I'm sitting in the office and, you know, we have a session and this kid walks up with his, with his mom or maybe both of his parents. And I like, and the greeter. And so I'm like, Hey, how you doing? Nice to meet you. And, and the kid like, per- like looks me in the eye, shakes my hand. is like, it's very nice to meet you. You know, like, like perfectly articulate, unbelievably like precocious kid. And he looks literally like uh, right up the middle, Tom Hanks and Robin Wright. And I'm like, give me, excuse me for a moment. I go into my boss, Ellen Lewis, the casting director. And I go, we just found Forrest Jr. And he wound up getting the role. And that young man's name was Haley Osment. 
Wow. Isn't that crazy? Haley Joel Osment. And I like take no, you know, uh, credit for having, I mean, it was you literally like, I was the guy, but I, but yeah. I did, I was like, but the minute saw I saw him, I'm like, oh, that's done and that done. That kid's totally getting the job. And he did. Done and done. Yeah. That's a wonderful story. Weird stories. Favorite memory of working with Michael J. Fox? Just, he's such a great, oh, well, actually, okay, here's my favorite memory. Okay. He's, first of all, he's the best, best, yeah. best guy. He's everything you would want him to be. And it's like very uh, gratifying. When you, when you were, when and you worked like, on oh, the okay. Michael J. Fox show that yeah, was on, on NBC. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but my favorite memory, it's not even really a Mike memory. It's more just like a, this is a crazy thing happening to my life memory is I was on the phone with Billy Crystal because we're on the phone all the time because right. we're developing this show and he's back in LA and I'm in New York and we're talking and he asks like, how's Mike doing? And I'm like, he's good. You know, it's tough cause you're sort of timing the shooting to his meds and you know, and, and he goes, well, say hello for me. And I, and I remember, and I hung up the phone and I'm thinking to myself, okay, Billy Crystal, I'll say hello to Michael J. Fox for you. You know, it was yeah. like, it was this crazy, like I need a time. I need the time. I need the DeLorean yeah. to go back to 1985 to tell my, kid self that Billy Crystal is asking me to say hello to. And I did. And then Mike goes, um, see if he can see if he'll do the show. There's always that thing. He's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. The door shuts no, down. He goes, no, he goes, he's like, oh, I go, Billy, I was talking to Billy last night and he says hello. And he's like, oh, that's nice. He goes, see if he'll do the show. <laughs> like, like, I love I'm it. still the executive producer of the yeah. show. Like I'm still, yeah. yeah. He was so great. It's fun. It's also one of those things where it's either the easiest ask in the world, and of course, or the biggest faux pas you can ever fucking make, and a, a relationship ruiner. That, um, that moment, you know, those what I mean? guys. I think they know. Yeah. I think they know that. Like, they get I, it. Well, They're I, busy. Billy, 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 Billy uh, is. <laughs> yeah. Billy is very sensitive about asking his friends to do stuff. Yeah. He's just you know it's a, it's like a very um, and you get and you realize that oh yeah I guess that's not. Um, were you, were you working on this when Robin Williams passed? Yeah. Holy it was terrible. Smoke. Oh, my God. It was that must terrible. Have been it was the craziest. A nightmare. Yeah. It was, it was, were you shooting or in post? We or? were about to start shooting. and Fuck. And, yeah, it was terrible. It was awful. It I was, can't imagine. It was awful. Uh, and, you know, it's this, this weird. It was awful for all of us. I mean, I think literally 100% of the people I know were just devastated. Like, we were actually, we, who, like, you love Robin Williams. He was yeah. the best. And then to have that compounded with like, oh gosh, this guy who I know really well now and work with is just lost his best friend. I mean, he was, it was, it was terrible. It was, it was just sad, 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 sad. I'm so sorry. No, I mean. And, and you worked on Arrested Development when it came back, right? Yeah, which was. Which a, was one of my, you didn't work on it originally. I you, worked on the Netflix version. Yeah. That was like a, what was another the, unbelievable, unbelievably lucky break for me because I, Mitch Hurwitz, who created that show, right. um, I don't know how he came to know me, but back when he, back when it was just a pilot in like 2003, yeah. he called me in to, he had read something I had written or had seen like a piece that I, you know, something, because uh, I used to do that that show, Sit and Spin, with Joe yes. Soloway, another, okay. another now huge name, but yeah. like, um, so somehow Mitch had, had, had gotten wind of me and called me in for a meeting and, and we we got along incredibly well and I watched his pilot and I was like, this is, the, this is the best show I've ever seen in my life. Like I have to work on this, but I was under contract at another show and the show was being, was coming back. And so I asked out of my contract, I'm like, I have the opportunity to work on it again, like a show that I actually would watch, which is crazy. And they wouldn't let me out of my contract and I couldn't go to work on Arrested Development. And it happened in season one and then again in season three. Oh, wow. And it was this, it was this crazy, like, um, 
it got to the point, you know, years went by and the show got canceled and all these years went by and it got to the point where I was like, was that just a beautiful dream? Like, did I make that up in my head that Mitch Hurwitz wanted me to go to work on Arrested? Because yeah. it can't, it can't have been true. It can't have, you know, and then, um, all these years later, Netflix, yeah. you know, digs it up from the grave and, and is going to make it again. And I'm like, first of all, as a fan, I'm like, oh my God, this is yeah. so great. That never happens. I get to watch. Yeah. Like everybody else, I get to watch more Arrested Development. And then I'm like, should I, should I dig around and see? And, you know, cause I am kind of like, I could, and then I get a call. Mitch wants. Did want, you, did you reach out? I didn't out? do anything. I didn't do anything. Wow. And Mitch like called Remembered my agent you. And, and, and wanted to have coffee and we had coffee and he's like, I just tried to hire you, you know, and, and, and now I have another chance and will you do it? And I'm like, yeah, like it was the easiest thing to say yes to in the world. And then, uh, and I walked into the writer's room for my first day and they had already been working a little bit. And Dean Laurie, who had worked on the show before and was, you know, on the show again, he goes, oh, it's man, it's nice to meet you. Man, Mitch, Mitch just like can't, has been talking about you. Like he's this guy I've been trying to hire. I tried to hire for the original show. And I was like, Oh, it really did happen. Like I was, it was yeah. such a like incredible. That's amazing. It was amazing. It was so much fun. Hopefully you'll he's work with ge- him again. Well, he's a genius. He's like, he's, that's, that's a show that's, that's like, it's probably the only show I've ever worked on where I'm like, where you're like, Oh, if this one person died, they, there's no show anymore at all. Like he's the there's, guy. Yeah, he's, he's the guy that show comes from. There are a yeah. lot of really hilarious people who work on that show, but yeah. it's like no Mitch, no Arrested Development. He's really funny. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Is there something you wish you had known when you started out that you know now? Well, yeah, like all of it. But I mean, yeah. what are you going to do? Yeah. You know, it's like that's part of the fun of being 22 is you're a stupid idiot. And yeah. then you figure it out. I know it is, you right? Know? Yeah. and the, but, like, but also like you can... You can drink and then not be super hungover. Right. But no, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. Like the thing I've gotten pretty good at is not beating myself up over stupid choices that I've made in the past because it just, it is what it is. Like you knew, you didn't know then what you know now. It's just, it's, you know, like, uh, except what kind of stupid choices, like jobs that you took or things that you didn't take. There's all sorts of like naivete about the way things actually work that if you look back, just kind of, I can't even, I, I honestly can't even come up with a, yeah. with a, an example, but it's like, it's like, oh boy, I sure was stupid as regards like what my expectations were at that, right. at that time. And I probably let that dictate some choices. Yeah. It's like you see, you looked at, you back on a situation you see it clearly in a way. Oh, you're like, time, oh, wait, oh, here's that's who, what this was is going who I on. really was. You know what and I mean? Like, this is like, what was really going yeah, on. Yeah. And so, yeah, and it, I, you didn't see it. You just, you're just stupid because you have limited yeah. information kind of. And yeah. you know, like for me, in my case, it took me a long time to, to yeah. learn. Like I, I didn't, I was one of those guys. I know some of these people who are like, they just kind of understand the game. Like they yeah. show up and they, there's all these unwritten rules of the game and they seem to understand them like from like day one. Right. And I just, it took me like years and years. I still kind of don't understand a lot of yeah. stuff. But I, it doesn't sound like you piss people off. Well, that's, I think probably the, the, the one thing that I'm decently good at is yeah. like, I'm not, I'm pretty, I'm, Pretty much not a total asshole. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that, that might be the title of this podcast. Speaking of not profanity, speak okay. can you say cock on FX? Yes, we say cock quite you a few say times quite, in the podcast. I know, yeah, and yeah. I'm like, is it going to air good? We can say cock. The only thing we can't... Oh, man, I have one more story. Can I tell yes, one more story? Yes, of course. Um, I, we, well, how am I doing? I, I got to go, gotta go soon. Okay, but like, tell one more but, story, um, and then I'm going to gush a little, and then we're going to wrap we, it up. So we, I might 
weep. Well, we'll hug and we'll probably do some we'll tweaking. We'll hug it out. There'll, probably, be, there'll, there'll be a little, a little like tweaking. real tweaking, and then and you'll, boom, you'll boom, add boom, boom, a, boom. whatever sound effects yeah, are necessary. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but uh, so we we do the table read for the pilot yeah. of this show, and the, it, in a scene that didn't wind up in the final pilot, the end, the last line of the pilot was Billy sees Josh doing something, and he just and the camera just catches Billy, and he just looks at him, and he just goes motherfucker like that yeah. and that that's the end of this uh, of the show so we did the table read and that was the last scene that was in the table read yeah and we you know as happens you you, you reconvene in a room in the networks and the studio and they they like they huddle and they talk about what their notes are going to be and then they sit down and they give you the notes and john langraff who runs fx who's an absolute genius and a visionary and i don't say that about everybody but this guy is like yeah really really an amazing amazing person intelligent executive sits us down and he goes um he's like so listen honestly like i don't i don't really have any notes <laughs> and and you're kind of like i i mean i've done hundreds of table reads and that's ne- that never it's literally never happened where he's right. like i don't really have you know i mean the maybe there are two jokes in there that could get better but you guys yeah. will just do that anyway so um, because the only thing is that, you know, that you say the word fuck a lot in the show and we have to decide what, you know, there are a couple ways we could go. We could cut them. We could leave them in and bleep them. Uh, or what I would probably suggest doing is, is cut them all except for that last one, that last one where Billy says motherfucker at the very end of the show. And then we'll just leave that in. And then you'll be the first, um, show on FX that's ever said the F word. You know, and we'll just do that. We'll just make an exception because, you know, it's a great ending to the show and, like, we'll do it. And I turn to, to Billy and I go, you'll be the Jackie Robinson of fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's you know, amazing. Which, which was, like, I was, you know, a, a line I was proud of in the yes, moment to say course. in front of the president of the network. But, like, it was this crazy – and we didn't wind up using the scene because we cut the, scenes, the scene for other reasons. Right. For story reasons. But, like um, – so, so I think f- there are very few words you can't say on FX. Fuck is one of them. And then yeah. like, uh, you know, I mean, I, there are probably a couple of So did you get a fuck in later? We never got our fuck in. And okay. I was hoping, um, That's to, I was hoping two. to end the season on the word motherfucker. Yeah. But we didn't, it didn't story wise. Yeah. Again, it didn't really make sense. So yeah, we didn't, we didn't use any of our, we had a fuck to give and we yeah. didn't use it. When was the moment when you, have you, what was the most satisfying moment of all of this where you realized, oh my God, we've done this. Well, when we wrapped production, the last night of shooting, it was pretty late, and I had a bunch of people back to the office for drinks, to my office. Like, um, it was probably like, I mean, it was Billy and Larry. I don't, I, Josh was out of town. He didn't, he, he wasn't there for the last afternoon. Yeah. Shooting. It was Billy and Larry and uh, maybe like 20 folks from the crew who I right. really loved and, you know, had grown really close with. And just, I just had a bunch of booze and, you know, tunes. Booze, tunes. Booze and tunes, you know, man. Just like, just like the old days. Booze right. and tunes. And I'm sitting like, like you and me are sitting right here. Like Billy's on this couch, I'm on this couch, and Larry's sitting next to me. And there was just this feeling of like, this is exactly how having drinks after the last night of shooting should feel. You know yeah. what I mean? Because like we knew we had just made a kick-ass show. Yeah. And, and something that we were proud of more than anything else that we were proud of. And it was just so cool. It was so crazily um just gratifying and and it was like it, it, i wasn't even thinking about 
we've done this this season. I remember driving home thinking like that was exactly how I wanted that party to feel. <laughs> you know, like like it was right. so good. Like it was it was and and. You, I was. We were with friends. You know. You like, were. You were having a moment where you got to appreciate. Yeah, it. and it was quiet and just nice and reflective, but but yeah. also really really fun. I love it. Yeah, I'm so proud of you. I'm, thank you. I'm, I'm so, so proud of you. Yeah. You've got this thing happening. It, it's so good. Watch um, the comedians when it premieres on what? FX on April 9th. April 9th. 10 p.m. We're Louis leading. Which is also cool. You're Louis leading. We're Louis leading. They trust you to lead in Louis. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. It's, I really like it. Was, that's a crazy honor to me. I love it. I know. It. That's amazing. Yeah. I love it. All right, Ben. Let's are leave. you on Twitter or anything like that? I'm on Twitter, Mr. Ben Wexler. Mr. Ben Wexler. Are you into it? Do you do much? I started to tweet, and I'm, now I'm kind of enjoying it. Good. It's fun. All right. Yeah, uh, yeah follow me. I don't know. Follow, follow me. Follow, yes. Follow me. Tell him you. Follow Dennis. When you Guys, see follow this. Dennis. Please. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. All right. Do it. I love you, Ben, and I'm so happy we got too. to do this. And um, that's it. Dennis, anyone? Bye. <laughs> tweak, tweak. My thanks again to Ben Wexler. Make sure you watch The Comedians on FX. All right, so this happened. My friend Matt Zarley, a former podcast guest, um, was nice enough to treat me to a little trip down to La Mirada to see Carrie the Musical. Okay, now, over the years, that musical has been much maligned. I think it lasted like a week on Broadway or some crazy um, bad, disastrous run. So they're doing it in La Mirada, and um, I'd never heard any of the songs or anything before. So let me just tell you, they made the absolute most of that show in this production. The songs, some songs I liked, some songs I was like, oh, I wish I liked the songs better. But they, the production, the cast, the direction, the way they did it was just uh, A plus off the charts. First of all, you walk in and they... It's normally a big, huge auditorium, and this time they just have the whole show is on the stage, and um, they have everyone sitting on bleachers, and some of the bleachers move, so they'll move you right in the middle of the scene, and it was so immersive. Like, you could literally get hit by a tampon uh, in that shower scene, and it would be just, like, part of your experience. Um, But I have to say, Carry the Musical delivered. So um, I'm hoping that it will play elsewhere, because I know there's a lot of people out there that are curious about it. So um, keep your eye out for it. Um, People fly in it. There's some... I mean, they go there. It was kind of really impressive. So um, I don't know any of the songs. I mean, there wasn't... I thought there would be a song called Plug It Up. There wasn't. Plug it up. Like a shake it off. Plug it up. And just like ponying it out and then throwing feminine um, hygiene products. Anyway... Uh, a boy can dream. Thank you again to Ben Wexler. Thanks for listening. That's all for this week. And join us next time on Dennis Anyone. Bye.